Angela Irwin, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, twave.tv, and our various networks. Well, today we're going to be looking at the book of Daniel, chapter 11, as we look at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, as we talk about the return of the kings, part two of our program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, thank you, Lord, for opening Daniel up. Uh, such a wealth of information, Lord. We praise you for it. And we ask, Lord, that everything technical will go well. And, Lord, that all those listening and watching will grow in their relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free. Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. As we're looking at Daniel chapter 11, the second part, God's Mighty Angels, Return of the Kings. Before we continue, I'm going to welcome my friend and guest and regular at our program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, how are you? Hey, brother. I am fine. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Notice all the different introductions I gave you just in case we missed one. Yes. Hey, I appreciate the friend part especially. <laughs> well, you and I always used to kid around because I used to call you a guest, and then we've been doing this for over a year and a half. So you're not a guest anymore. You're a regular. Oh, well, that's good. I've been inducted. <laughs> I the club. There you go. Nate, so talk to me. How was your week? You always have a great week because you're always smiling on the other end of the mic there. Well, I don't have the eternal optimism that you do, but uh, praise the Lord, brother. Uh, life is good. We can praise the Lord for it. Uh, the spiritual battle going on out there, and we yes. definitely know that there's some difficulties, especially for the Christian church, but... Uh, Christian soldiers, we uh, soldier on, right? Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, you are very optimistic, Nathan. That's why, you know, we always look at the hope in the things of the Lord, right? Amen, brother. There is a lot to be hopeful for. Jesus rules and reigns. So even when things look dire, we can trust in the fact that God reigns. Everything that's happening now is happening for a reason. Yes. God has purpose. I love that. That is so true. And of course, Nathan, you and I, we have been looking at Daniel chapter 11, looking at some incredible uh, prophecies, revelations there that have taken us through various periods in history. And we looked at chapter 11 last week and we just basically opened it up. And we're going to pick it up this week there in chapter 11. And I'm looking forward, Nathan, to what the Lord is also going to reveal to us as we continue there in um, Daniel chapter 11. But Nate, will you be able to read for us chapter 11 verses uh, 1 and 2 before we continue in the following verses? Sure, sure. Uh Chapter 11, verse 1, actually finishes a thought by the angel who came to give the message of God to Daniel. So it sounds a little weird here if I sounds like half a sentence. It is. I don't know right. why those monks chose to, to break the thought here, but this is where it goes. It goes, also in the first year of Darius the Mede, I, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than, any, than them all by his strength through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Greece. Mm. And Nathan, you were uh, taking us through this incredible journey. Can you talk to us a little bit about what exactly are we looking at here in these prophecies in Daniel? Well, Daniel has been giving a few, given a few prophecies. Uh, if you remember back when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he dreamed right. of this giant statue, and Daniel was able to interpret the dream that the statue represented human kingdoms, especially ones that have influenced Israel. You had the head of gold, which was uh, Babylon. And the Babylon would be taken over by the Medo-Persian Empire, which was the chest and arms. And that was in two parts. And then in the thighs of bronze, 
you have the uh, Greek Empire. Yes. And then after that, you have the Roman Empire, and then it goes down to ten kings, which are uh, iron and clay, and that represents an end time. Ten kings that rule over the world, and the Antichrist will come out of that. And that statue is destroyed by this giant mountain of stone that mm -hmm. was cut, but not by human hands. And that represents Christ's kingdom, and Christ's kingdom will come and it will crash down on that statue and obliterate it, and then Jesus will rule and reign. So at this point, the angel is coming to Daniel, and he is now talking about the third empire, the Greek empire. Now, Daniel is living during the time of the Persian empire. Yes. He was taken by the Babylonians. He lived through the short, brief Babylonian empire. Now he's living in the middle of the Medo-Persian empire, but he has been now given a prophecy about what will happen to the Medo-Persian empire as it ends, and the Greek empire comes, conquers the Persian empire, and sets up shop there in Babylon. Mm, excellent, excellent review, Nathan, and that's why we hope that anyone watching and listening will join us in following this very incredible uh, chronological, historical point of views here as these prophecies are being opened up and they'll take us through the book of Revelation and back to the book of Daniel and also through different different periods of history. So thank you so much, Nate. And Nathan, we pick it up in verse 3 and on. Would you be able to continue to take us through this incredible journey there? Certainly, certainly. Uh, now, I'm going to do this based on the teachings uh, by John MacArthur called The Future of Israel and by Leon Wood, A Survey of Israel's History. And he actually, they actually both take you verse by verse through Daniel 11, and Daniel 11 is going to take you through what's called the intertestamental time period, the time period between Malachi and Matthew, 400 years of silence mm -hmm. it's been called. And as these kings wage back and forth with Israel stuck in the middle, Daniel amazingly has been given a prophecy that came absolutely true, historically and archaeologically yeah. proven that these passages in Daniel were fulfilled through the intertestamental time period. And brother, if that doesn't help you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, yeah. then I'm not sure very little can. <laughs> that's right. You know, Nathan, that's a very good point. And that's why we also pray for those watching and listening. Maybe there's someone that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. And it really has to be a work of the Holy Spirit, right, Nathan? So that Holy Spirit will let these scriptures come alive so that they will have a, a better understanding of what we're looking at here. Exactly, exactly. Like, for instance, in, in verse 2, it talks about three kings will appear in Persia, and then a fourth who's far richer than the other. And that's exactly what happened. There was three uh, kings and then a fourth. Mm -hmm. Cambyses in 530 to 522 B.C., he was the son of Cyrus, who was the conqueror of the uh, Babylonian Empire. He was followed by Gumada, who, uh, interesting enough, he was a look-alike to, to another brother. There's a whole story there. I wish I could get into it, but right. uh, there's a lot of intrigue, uh, kind of like the man in the iron mask story there. And then there's this Darius Hephaestus, and then he's followed by Xerxes. And Xerxes was the rich king. Uh, he was best known because he was the husband of Ruth from the right. book of Ruth. Uh, excuse me, uh, let me rephrase, Esther from the book of Esther. And so these are the four main kings that come out after the... Babylonian Empire is destroyed, and that's exactly what happened. Now, bear in mind that when Daniel is getting this prophecy, he is there during the first, Darius, who was a governor or ruler over the city of Babylon under King Cyrus, and he was followed by these three other, uh, four, excuse me, four other kings, and then we got Xerxes, the super rich king. Now, mm -hmm. what Xerxes did is he, he did not like the Greeks, and he was constantly attacking the Greeks. As a matter of fact, uh, when you read the book of Esther, that he's even there in Babylon, it's amazing, because he spent a lot of time on the battlefield battling the Greeks. Well, years later, Alexander the Great had never 
forgiven the Persian Empire for attacking Greece in the uh, Macedonian area. Right. And so that would lead uh, him to stir up the kingdom of Greece against the Persian Empire. And that happened exactly as Daniel 11.2 prophesied. Wow, isn't that amazing? And that's why, Nathan, we encourage individuals watching and listening. I mean, history is such an incredible thing to study, especially biblical history. Uh, as uh, even our modern history books, they line up a lot with what we're reading here in the Bible. Of course, they have their spin to it, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is really excellent when you really consider all of the uh, historic periods that we find in this portions of Scripture. Thank you, Nathan. And yeah, if you continue on, that would be fantastic. All right, well, the next prophecy is uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, Then a mighty king will appear who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. And after he has appeared, his empire will be broken up and parceled out towards the four winds of heaven. Mm. It will not go to his descendants, nor will it have the power he exercised, because his empire will be uprooted and given to others. Now, this great king, this amazing king that is mighty and does whatever he wants, was Alexander the Great. In yeah. 333 BC, he blitzkrieged from Macedonia all across the Middle East. He got as far as India. He decided, ah, that's the known world in my time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going further. He turned around. He went down through Israel. He went uh, down through Egypt. He went back up. And he totally, in one lifetime, destroyed the Persian Empire and set up the Greek Empire. Wow. But he didn't live very long. He, he died uh, very young uh, from Liz believe malaria and possibly a venereal disease. They're not sure, but he did not have a son. He had a retarded right. half-brother, and he had a, a illegitimate son and a son born posthumously, but uh, those, those children were murdered. So there was nobody for Alexander to create to be, get, uh, give his empire to. So yeah. what happened is, is that his empire was divided in among four generals. Cassandra took over Macedonia, Lysimachus took over Asia Minor, Ptolemy took over Egypt, and Seleucus took over Syria. Now, it's very important to mark Ptolemy and Seleucus because the passages we read after that are pretty much their descendants battling back and forth with the land of Israel caught in the middle. Wow, that is amazing. And Nathan, and this plays exactly according to history when we look at the history books. And I believe, Nathan, also someone suggested that there, the reason why Alexander the Great was able to conquer things, uh, because there was also the development of iron and different kinds of weapons at that time. And that allowed them speed to be able to conquer the world. Yeah, and what he did is when, by setting up the Greek Empire, he set up a cultural normalism, normalism called Hellenism. And Hellenism spread throughout the Middle East. And it gave a unification, a, a common culture to all the people. And it mm. united them as yes. an empire like no other empire had in the past. And that was a big problem for the Jewish people, especially for uh, the Maccabees, a family who mm. you can read in extra biblical books, the intertestinal books, the Maccabees, both one and two, is that they were reacting against the continued what's called Hellenism of the Jewish people, a turning of the Jewish people away from their identity, and their culture and their religion and Yahweh God into worshiping the polytheistic view of many gods and living uh, very immorally like the Greek people did, a very Hellenistic culture. And that's another thing that battles the Jewish people over the next few hundred years after Alexander and to the point where they call on the, the Romans to come help them, and they do, and they never leave. Mm. 
That is an excellent, you know, Nathan, and these periods remind me much of like the periods in which we're living in because we have designed certain modern technology to the point now that we can easily destroy the world uh, because of the technological weapon. And back then, these things were really developing and picking up. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's interesting that Jesus came on the scene when he did because once the Greek Empire united the Middle East and Europe culturally, and then the Roman Empire created roads and infrastructure that made it easy to travel anywhere across the Roman Empire. It was the perfect situation for the gospel of Jesus Christ to spread all over. Because yes. before then, the gospel yeah. couldn't spread well. It was isolated, there wasn't good roads, good travel, yeah. and, it, and it just couldn't happen. But once the Roman Empire came, and yeah. based on Greek culture, it created an opportunity for the gospel to spread. So uh, you gotta give it to God. He knew That's the exact right. time in history <laughs> where the gospel would really take on and be able to spread without uh, any problem. You know, and Nathan, that reminds me today, we've developed the World Wide Web, the internet, and it's another super highway, right? And that's why we're able to reach so many people right now with modern technology. Wonderful point. We really do live in a time period right now where we have another Roman Empire. And I'm not talking about the European Union here, I'm <laughs> talking about the internet. And all our communication off to this, to satellite and cable and, and television and, and communication where we can have a common culture that's spreading across the world. Unfortunately, yeah. it's Hollywood's culture. Uh, but uh, communication-wise, that we can talk to people all over the world and share the gospel with them. There's translation devices like Google Translate and others that help us get the message out around the world. And brother, we do live in a time period for the gospel, similar to in Jesus' time period, where the gospel can spread like wildfire across yeah. the planet. Well, and you and I would take advantage of that. It's called social media. It's called internet. It's called every technological aspect of spreading the gospel. That's what you and I into, right, Nate? Because we want to see people come to the Lord as soon as possible. We do. We do. Uh, I think the Lord wants to use every means at our disposal to get the gospel out. And yeah. Right now, we live in a very exciting time period for that. Absolutely. That is excellent. And I want to thank you for, again, opening those scriptures up. For those of you that maybe just tuned in, again, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 11, talking about God's mighty angels and also return of the kings and this incredible passages here. So, yeah, Nathan, thank you so much. If you could continue to take us through this wonderful track in Daniel 11, that would be fantastic. Okay. Well, now that... Alexander the Great's empire is split up into four regions under four generals. We're going to get into the prophecies that deal with what's called the King of the South, which is Ptolemy, the general and his descendants, mm -hmm. against the King of the North, which is the Seleucids. And so uh, they were based in Syria. So basically we've got Syria and Egypt duking it out back and forth with Israel caught in the middle. Not too different than most of the Old Testament, where Israel was always caught in the middle between Egypt and either Assyria or Babylon. And so here we go in, in verse 5 and 6, it reads, The king of the south will become strong, but one of his commanders will become even stronger than he, and he will rule his own kingdom with great power. And after some years, they will become allies. The daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to make an alliance, but she will not retain her power, and he and his power will not last. In those days, she will be handed over together with her royal escort and her father and the one who supported her. Mm. Love that. Now, who are the players here? The king of the south, the Ptolemaic dynasty, was a man named Ptolemy I Soter. He ruled from 323 to 285 BC. And the king of the north was the Seleucid dynasty, Seleucid I Nicator, who ruled from 312 to 281 BC. Now, there was a, it's interesting here that 
we're going through their descendants here. Antiochus Theos, uh, he called himself a god. These people really had started going to their head. They started thinking <laughs> of themselves as god. He was the third king of Syria, and Ptolemy Philadelphus, his daughter. Now, this guy divorced his wife to marry uh, the, uh, you know, back then, to make allegiances, they would marry uh, their daughters off yeah. to their enemies to create alliances. Yes. But now the, his ex-wife, who he divorced to marry the daughter, poisons the new wife and all the servants, and it all falls apart. And oh. so here, just like the prophecy said, the, uh, a princess is passed uh, to create an alliance, but it doesn't work. The daughter of the king of the south is, is uh, destroyed to escort the father all by a jealous ex-wife who poisons them all. Nathan, this sounds like Dynasty, the television program back in the days. <laughs> Yeah, Dynasty or Dallas, Dallas. Or, one of those, or, or General Hospital. Yeah, it's very much like that. Uh, uh, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but that's popular now, and I, I hear that's pretty much a lot like that too. The constant warfare uh, between different kings to rule over more land and more territory. And it's really sad when you think about it, that uh, we're willing to fight and squabble over so many little bits of land for more power and more right. control. Absolutely, Nathan. And you know, sometimes people think that Hollywood is exciting. They should read the Bible, right, Nathan? It's all in here. Yes, yeah, they should. If you understand the, the historical and cultural events that are happening on behind these prophecies, yeah. it's fascinating. I've read through this time period more in detail, and uh, you're right, it reads just like a, uh, a soap opera. But Nathan, you, you mentioned it, it, you made a good point, and all throughout history, the conquest has been for power, uh, people wanting to rule and reign over the people, and that's exactly what Ephesians tells us, that behind this is a spiritual battle uh, of powers and principalities, and, and that's what we're seeing here in, in a historical period. We are, we are, and it, it must have blown Daniel's mind to get this prophecy, because he's been giving play-by-play -play details of what's gonna go on between the Seleucids right. in the north and the Ptolemies in the south with Israel caught in the middle. And uh, there is very few prophecies in the Bible that are this explicit, this detailed, this down to the historical characters themselves without naming some of them. Although some of the name, like mm -hmm. Cyrus, who was the Persian who conquered the Babylonian Empire, he was prophesied in Isaiah about 150 years before he came on the scene by name. Yeah. Josiah, one of the last kings of, of Judah, was prophesied by name exactly. 100 and some years before he came. So sometimes God actually goes to the name. I think of a prophecy about Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus yes. Christ would come and he'd be named Emmanuel, God with us. That's an excellent point. And, and also, Nathan, for those that are of us that are living here in the church age, also the Bible, the book of Revelation, goes through details in telling us exactly how things are going to unfold uh, also in the future. Hopefully people are paying attention and believe what we're saying here that has come to pass. Well, then the book of Revelation and all that's written will also come to pass. Excellent point. Because if we can be 100% sure that Bible prophecy has been fulfilled in the past, and it has, then we can be 100% sure that Bible prophecy concerning the future will happen. And brother, that's going to happen. Like you said, Revelation, where God is going to pour out his 21 judgments upon the world over a seven-year time period. It's going to happen because yeah. it already has happened to God and who sees all time and place. He writes about it like it's past tense. So what our future prophecy is God's uh, past history.
Absolutely, and that's why if you're tuned in, for those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, listen, that is right there uh, the, the wonderful hope that you have in trusting in the promises of God. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That has been God's promise. Uh, God loves you. God has a plan for you. It's never failing. And it's also an invitation for those of you that would like to grab hold of these wonderful opportunities that, again, the Bible has some incredible uh, uh, prophecies, but also the Bible has some incredible promises for those that will turn to Christ today and all the promises and the blessings that God offers of yours, but also those that do not turn to the Lord, also all those promises of the curses and the judgment, it's also there. So Nathan, people have a choice today, just like they did back in Daniel's time, right? They do, we have always a choice to choose God or not. And to choose God means to put your faith and trust to His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior, to get forgiveness of your sins so that you can stand before God holy yes. and forgiven one day. Or we can choose to ignore God, and the weight of our sins remains upon us, as well as the debt to God, which is a punishment, eternal punishment in hell. And so if there's any decision that a person needs to make in life, the choice of Jesus Christ or not is the most important decision a person could ever make. Absolutely. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that. And for those of you that are watching or listening, maybe now at a later time, you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537. We'd love to pray for you and share with you also how you can begin that relationship and growing in the Lord. As we're looking here in Daniel chapter 11 about history, we also know that the Bible is his story, the story of Jesus and how much he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. So Nathan, I want to thank you so much for taking us through this history. If you could continue on, that would be fantastic. Okay, well, let's then look on. Uh, we left a jealous ex-wife poisoning her rival. <laughs> Now let's go to verses 7 through 10, and one from her family line, the murdered princess, will arise to take her place. He will attack the forces of the king of the north and enter his fortress, and he will fight against them and be victorious. He will also seize their gods, their metal images, and their valuable articles of silver and gold, and carry them off to Egypt. And for some years he will leave the king of the north alone. Then the king of the north will invade the realm of the king of the south, but will retreat to his own country. His sons will prepare for war and assemble a great army which will sweep on like an irresistible flood and carry the battle as far as his fortress. Mm -hmm. Now it's interesting here that we have got one kingdom, Alexander the Great's kingdom, but now divided into four regions, they spend all their time fighting themselves, wow. uh, bickering and fighting. The murdered wife, his, her descendant was a man named uh, Deuteronomy, Ptolemy Verichus, and he rises and fights a man named Callinicus. Who takes 40,000 talents of silver, 205 idols, and he takes them all back to Egypt. So he comes, he, he destroys the uh, immense area of the north, and he takes all the idols and the money back. But on the way back, Callimachus dies, he falls off his horse. Wow. And he's dead. And Callimachus' son, Antiochus the Great, arises, and he takes 75,000 soldiers, and as they march through Israel, he pretty much stomps Israel. And that's a kind of a, a sad side effect of the Greek Empire is that Israel is caught in the middle between these two feuding general's lines and unfortunately Israel gets raised almost every time the armies march back and forth across the land bridge which is Israel. Nathan that's a great point and we also see in other periods in history this uh, family feud if you will. 
So we see here again this division, and it kind of reminds me also uh, before Jesus is born around there, we see Herod, one of the Herods there ruling, and it's called one of the Tetrarchs, meaning that, that there was also a division in that time and different individuals ruling different areas. King Herod the Great was obviously the, one of the most powerful kings. Of course, he, he was given his power by Caesar. He was an Edomite from the line of Esau, so the Jewish people hated him. He wasn't a Jew. And he ruled with an iron fist. He's the one who murdered all the babies in Bethlehem. But his sons were fairly inept, especially Archelaus, which uh, they just had to remove him off the throne. He was so incompetent. Mm -hmm. So the Roman Empire was smart. They're like, well, Herod's descendants aren't as powerful as him, so we're going to divide them up into four regions, a tetrarch. And uh, that's what they did. Now, eventually the Romans got rid of the Tetrarch and put their own governors in charge, and there was no line from either Israel or Esau. But, brother, you're getting into Jesus' time period. We're still about 200 and some years before Jesus' time period uh, here with uh, Daniel's prophecy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. I was just trying to make a little point there, you know? But <laughs> No, no, that's great. It's just... We won't overload everybody with too much history. That Absolutely, absolutely. So those of you that are watching and listening, we're going to back up a little bit, okay, and bring us back to <laughs> Daniel's time period. No, but Nathan, this is so exciting, right? I mean, it really is. When you consider looking at history from this point of view and just how things are developing, it, it is really cool. It is, it is. Uh, and the story continues with uh, verses 11 through 13. Then the king of the south will march out in a rage, and he'll fight against the king of the north, who will let raise a large army, but it will be defeated. And when the army is carried off, the king of the south will be filled with pride and will slaughter many thousands, yet he will not remain triumphant. For the king of the north will muster another army larger than the first, and after several years he will advance with a huge army fully equipped. Now, as a result of the king of the north's attack, the king of the south, uh, Ptolemy Philopater, he will take 73,000 men, 5,000 cavalry, and 73 elephants, war elephants, you know, it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings thing here, wow. and he's going to fight back. And when it says after seven years, it's talking about 13 years later. So, again, both the North and the South are raising these you know, 75,000 men armies. They're attacking each other, and Israel, unfortunately, is caught in the middle and, and trampled between these battles as these guys fight back and forth. Man, Nathan, this is, uh, I, I mean, honestly, this is like a great uh, Hollywood uh, type movie here with all these different things taking place. And that's why we want to encourage anyone watching or listening dig in and check out your history. This is very exciting, the Grecian Empire, Persian Empire, and, and it's just a lot of wonderful things uh, that we're uncovering here. Hopefully, we do not want to overload you, but we want to encourage you that if these things came to pass, so will the other things that the Bible uh, says are going to come to pass. Nathan, this is, this is amazing, and you know, Nate, we also want to encourage people to um, grab hold of many other resources uh, that they uh, can grow in their knowledge uh, of Bible prophecy. And I know we only have a few minutes left to the program, but Nate, we also want to encourage people to maybe um, uh, check out your resources that you have available. Can you talk to us a little bit about Lamb Lion Ministry and how people can get a hold of you and maybe the resources you have available for them? Well, I'm the web minister and associate evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries, founded by Dr. David Reagan. And folks can check out our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. And brother, we have tons of resources there. We want to get people to understand the 31% of this Bible prophecy. Get excited that Jesus Christ is soon returning. And they can do that. Go to our website, lamblion.com, and we have our television show there, Christ and Prophecy. Articles, blogs, uh, we have an e-newsletter go out today, uh, every Wednesday. 
uh, brother, we send out so many materials. We want people to know about Jesus, to grow in their relationship with him, and get excited that he's coming back. Praise the Lord. So thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And for those of you that are watching us live there, teenwave.tv, you can see that information there in the back screen for their website. And make sure that you get a hold of these incredible resources and grow in the knowledge of the Lord. There's also a lot of wonderful commentaries and resources by Dr. Reagan as well that you can also check out in so many uh, topics and conferences. And Nathan, I'm just so excited for all the wonderful things that you guys are involved there at Lamb and Lion Ministries. So Nate, I really also want to thank you for being part of the program today and for opening up these scriptures to myself and also the listening audience. So thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. I just love the history and just the fact that Bible prophecy is fulfilled so much in detail. It's historically proven. It's archaeologically proven. And uh, we can put our faith and trust in what the Word of God says, that Jesus Christ is the real deal. He's the Son of God. We can put our faith and trust in Him and know that we'll have an eternal life through His sacrifice on the cross. Praise the Lord. Wow. Thank you so much, Nathan. And Nathan, thank you for being part of the program. I hope you have an awesome, awesome week, Nate. Have a great day. You too, brother. Thank you. Thank you. And again, for those of you that are tuned in, we want to thank you for being part of the program. And we want to encourage you as well to um, 